Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Andrew Gordy and Mark Hinton with us this morning on the panel. Two very learned gentlemen in their uh, two particular fields. Uh, Andrew Gordy, of course, uh, wasn't at Cup Day yesterday. Did you get any of the flavour, though, through the television? And Andrew Gordy, were Mr and Mrs Gordy partaking at all? <laughs> morning, Steve. Morning, Mark. Morning to all the listeners. Uh, look, I certainly was. Can't say Mrs. Gordy was. I think she was a bit, a bit busy yesterday. But um, I've got to say, it was still a brilliant watch, wasn't it? Even though obviously there were no uh, no fans on course, um, it was still fantastic racing. I, I, I absolutely loved the day. Incredible from Mark Purden. I mean, boy, oh boy, six wins on Cup Day. That's that's something we've never seen before. But. Um, there was something quite poetic, I thought, about uh, Copy Dat getting up for Blair Orange and and, uh, and Ray Green as well, especially after what happened last year. I mean, I think most people would agree that that horse was completely robbed at the start, and so it was it was great to see them get the, get the big one uh, in the New Zealand Cup. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, it really was, and uh, it was a beautifully timed and plotted drive, and it just uh, all fell into place uh, really, really nicely. Uh, Mark, uh, Cup Week for you. Uh, uh, any memories or any investments at all? Well, both, Smithy. I've got a lot of memories. Um, my dad was a real, uh, a real racing man, and particularly the harness racing. So we used to go there for family holidays when I was a kid. Pretty much every year for Cup Week, we'd be up there for. The trotting cup, maybe stay on through the show day. Um, so a lot of memories, you know, watching some of the great uh, harness races of New Zealand history, really, and their finest horses like uh, Lord Module and Young Quinn and all those, you know, as a kid, I remember watching them and just being in the thrall, really. Wonderful, wonderful spectacles they provided. So a, lo- a lot of memories and, you know, being there amongst the... Um, Especially as a kid, crowding up to the to the fence and getting the the best looks as you do amongst thousands and thousands of people. I uh, just remember, you know, particularly when you're young, uh, crowds always seem bigger. But uh, uh, you know, that was my sort of big takeaway from yesterday. What a shame, just no people there. I mean, you were there, so you're very lucky. Yeah. But what a shame, you know, it just didn't make any sense to me that Cantabs weren't allowed to go along to to watch. Uh, Lots of days racing, but anyway, um, it is what it was. You know, it is what it is. As Neil Black loves to say, so there were no people there, but there was still great racing, and I did. Yeah, did enjoy the the racing, but I had my money on self-assured. Thirdly, so came a crop. I had your multi amongst several rolling on to self-assured Smithy, and didn't yeah. quite deliver. So uh, I didn't make that much money yesterday. 
Apologies, Mark, for that. Um, on, the, on, the, on, some good, on some good news in an area you follow very closely, um, SENZ, uh, we don't like to blow our own trumpet or whatever, but uh, we're in the news uh, for uh, now owning the Otago Nuggets, which is a real boost for Southern basketball. Yeah, yeah, great to see SEN, you know, SEN getting involved in ownership. I mean, this in New Zealand, of course, they do have ownership of the a little team in the Australian NBL called the Perth Wildcats, who I think are on a run of 36 straight NBL postseason appearances. So um, they do have um, some ownership history in, in the sport of hoops, but coming into New Zealand, great investment. The Otago Nuggets, I played for them back in the day, many, many years ago, Smithy, in the... Uh, in the 80s when I came out of high school in Dunedin, but uh, uh, before they were the glorious team they are now. But, yeah, great great to see, and it's, it's a real indication that New Zealand NBL, which is the main feeder league into the into the Australian NBL, which is now one of the, the world's best professional leagues, uh, that New Zealand mm. NBL was really on some firm footing in SEN's uh, um, investment, shall we say, in a... Uh, in a in a good southern <laughs> southern hoops club uh, um, is indicative of that. that. That league is on firm footing. And look, uh, uh, the uh, GM uh, Justin Nelson has just finished a three-year term there, and we should note the work he's done turning that league around. And you know, SEN's investments in the league is a sign of that. So well done to Justin Nelson, who now works for Sky Sport. I'm told um, in a very high role, but he's done great work at the NBL. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, he's probably my boss as we speak. Um, let's have a look. Um, let's have a little look at a little bit of boxing here. Uh, of course, the Joseph Parker fight prior to Christmas, and uh, Derek Chisora Gords has come out and said Parker has no real power. He isn't really that phased about him at all. Which, Tim, to be honest, I'm not really surprised to hear that from Derek Chisora. I mean, he always talks up a, a, a decent game uh, ahead of ahead of these fights as well. So probably one of the more marketable uh, boxes in, in the world, I, I, I would imagine, which is probably why he's uh, managing to get some relatively high-profile fights despite his uh, his relatively modest record. But there's probably some truth in, in what he's saying. I mean, Joseph Parker, he hasn't exactly, um, you know, set the house on fire in the last few years. Um, he, he probably, he is lacking some punching power. He is lacking that that devastating knockout punch which every heavyweight needs to make an impact in this division. So I don't mind that from him. Um, and and I, I, I would be surprised if Joseph would necessarily disagree with that. I'm interested to know what Mike thinks about that as well. Yeah, uh, Smitty, I, I, um, this is a massive fight for Joseph Parker. I was up there, lucky enough to be there, when he fought uh, Dillian White and lost and that was the beginning of the sort of downward spiral for Joseph Parker. Um, wonderful man, tremendous human being, and just someone who's really great to be around. But gosh, he's been disappointing the last few years, as Andrew touched on. Look, this is do or die for Joseph Parker. He was very poor in the first fight. Um, as Andrew said, um, Chisora is really a glorified journeyman. Um, he does have a personality, mm. does have a profile in the UK. But he's, he's just a journeyman. He's a guy Parker should be, you know, sashaying past with, real, you know, with a degree of comfort. And he did last time. He possibly lost that fight. He was very lucky to get the decision. Um, he has to win this fight. He has to win it well, or his career is heading down a very ugly place. Um, and and he's talking positively. He's 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 had a longer camp with his new trainer Andy Lee. You know, he's up in Tyson Fury's gym, I believe. 
um, um, you know, doing the right things, but we need to see Joseph Parker. We need to see the old Joseph Parker, including punching power, or else I'm sorry to say this career could be heading towards an ugly end. Okay, uh, some stern thoughts there about uh, Joseph Parker. Um, I want to, uh, if you guys can just stick around for a moment or two, I want to come back and uh, focus on uh, Aaron Smith on the way to the All Blacks, um, out of uh, nowhere really. Uh, Ireland having a, a Kiwi contingent um, who uh, are allowed to play for Ireland but not for the Pacific Islands. And uh, the Black Caps, the Black Caps against England uh, later on tonight. So plenty to talk about, fellas, if you stick around, please. Uh, it is 10.30 here on SENZ, and it's time for Trudy and the News. Talk, big opinions, the panel. OK, uh, the panel uh, this morning, Mark Hinton and uh, Andrew Gordy, of course. Uh, Andrew Gordy, news coming through yesterday of a rescue mission of sorts by, by Aaron Smith, who we thought was... Uh, was uh, done and dusted with international rugby until the new year. Yeah, I bet he thought that as well. I, mean, I thought this was a bit of a surprise um, when this came through. Is this, I, I suppose the big question I have, is this really necessary? Um, look, I'm not exactly sure of the, what sort of state Brad Weber is in after the weekend. Um, look, if he's, if he's definitely out for, for these next two weeks, then... I guess it, may, it probably is something you've got to consider, but you've still got Finlay Christie and TJ Pettin out of there. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if it's sort of like a Brad Weber's, you know, um, maybe maybe needs a week off or something, surely we can get through this game with TJ Pettin out and Finlay Christie. Well, I mean, I just, yeah, my, my takeaway, I suppose, was this was, um, seemed like a, a luxury, I suppose. It seemed pretty unnecessary and, a, and an awfully long way to go uh, for, for probably one test. So what did you make of it, Mark, when you heard the news? Yeah, um, not surprised, um, given it's just purely a numbers game with the All Blacks, so they only had three specialist halfbacks on tour, and when Brad Webber's uh, gone into sort of some sort of concussion-type protocol or whatever with his broken nose as well, um, clearly he's, he's, he's in major doubt. So that leaves them just two, two in a specialist position, because, you know, you, you had utilities through our rugby, but halfback and hooker are considered the two specialist positions. Um, and, and they do get situations, I remember when Dane Coles uh, injured himself in the warm-up um, leading up to, I think it was the Fiji test, and, um, you know, they had to, you know, quickly um, dress a, a, one of the guys in the stands uh, for the game. Um, the, you know, these things happen. I guess it's just kind of being ultra-careful if you have only two halfbacks and one of the halfbacks, say, t- twins, you know, ping something in a captain's run or in the warm-up to the game, you can be caught short. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a surprise, but this is just them, I guess, dotting their eyes and crossing their T's and making sure they've got all their bases covered. Two big tests to finish off Smitty. Ireland and France. It's been a long time waiting uh, since those box tests were legitimate competition for the All Blacks, but here it is. So, George, you, you fly him over there. Um, he's a fit young guy, so he won't... Uh it won't take long before he's he's up and running and ready to 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 get involved in the action. How soon? And would you even consider the possibility of him starting against France in ten days? Yeah, I think there's definitely something. I mean, if he's there, if he's there, you may have, putting aside what I've just said about whether it was necessary. If the decision's been made that he's going and he's going to be here, he starts. I mean, the, the, it's not as though he was in New Zealand because he had suddenly lost form and was, uh, there were uh, three other guys who, who were in better form and picked ahead of him. Aaron Smith is still by far and away not just the best halfback in New Zealand, he's the best halfback in the world. 
So if he's available and he's fit, then absolutely he starts against France. It's a, it's a complete no-brainer for him. Okay, and uh, Mark Hinton, is that, uh, is that a, a bit of a kick in the guts for TJ Perinara, Finlay Christie, or just fact of the matter? Fact of the matter. Um, yeah, it'd be a big call to start Aaron Smith ahead of TJ Perinara, but uh, as Andrew says, he is absolutely in everyone's eyes in New Zealand, the number one halfback in everyone's eyes in the world, to be honest. Anyone, who's, anyone whose eyes are open. I mean, he's a fabulous player, so you, it would be tempting... But uh, a little bit unprecedented to bring a guy in on the other side of the world and, and push him into a starting spot. So, big call next week. I guess a lot will depend on what we see uh, this weekend against Ireland. TJ Perinara has a great game. They won't be dropping him. Um, I imagine he'll start almost... Oh, certainly will start. Um, but, uh, you know, if he's a bit shaky and, and, and there's a few question marks, I think they would absolutely go back to Aaron Smith because you know what you're getting. The fastest, swiftest, uh, son of a gun when it comes to... Um, half-back delivery of the ball. So, um, yeah, the, that option will certainly be on the table next week, but let's get past Ireland too. George, tonight, uh, well, uh, tomorrow morning, 3 o'clock, uh, here we go again. It's our first uh, crack at England on the, the international stage at a big event since uh, we know when, back there at Lords back in 2019. So a chance for a little bit of retribution against an, an England team which is suffering a little bit through injury. Schmitty, before, uh, before we talk about that, I'm just wondering how's your post-traumatic stress disorder as we approach another, you know, white ball game against England? Yeah, uh, it's high. It's high. Um, I won't be there this time around. I won't be there this time around, so I'll be uh, whinging and moaning, I guess, from my couch rather than the commentary box. Dooley will be there carrying the flag for us, and dynamic Danny Morrison. Don't forget Danny, so he'll be there in some capacity too. But, yeah, uh, I think, uh, for course, for a number of the players that were heavily involved in that particular event, uh, here's a chance, and I think a, a, a darn good chance too, just looking at the two sides. Absolutely, and yet you'll be you'll be self-medicating probably like the rest of us as we're watching along. But no, you're absolutely right. And I know I said on the start on this very show, um, you know, only a few weeks ago that oh, I didn't really have any too many expectations for this Black Cap side going into this World Cup. But I'm just loving the way, and, and you you'll know you've seen plenty of tournaments how our teams can grow into a tournament. That's what feels like we're seeing with this Black Caps team. Like obviously they had a tough start against Pakistan, who are I think the entire tournament has now proven are probably the favourites to win this thing. They're, they're, going, they're going very, very well indeed. And for this Black Caps team to then respond to that by beating India and then doing what they had to do against uh, their other group opponents, they're, they're bringing all the right momentum, all the right form into this game. And whereas you look at England, who started with a hit and a roar, uh, they go and lose to South Africa, they've lost Jason Roy now, They'll be starting... And the, the mental side of things is you get to these semi-final stages of these tournaments. It's massive, and you would have to say that everything is trending in the right direction for this Black Caps team, and there will start to be some some doubt starting to, to seep into the minds of these, these English players as well. So it's a fascinating contest in store. I have no doubt there will be a bit of chat on the field uh, regarding the Lord from two years ago, but... I just think mentally, most of this New Zealand team are just beyond that, and I think they're, they're pretty pretty strong mentally, and I think they'll give this a red-hot prep tonight, and a win would not surprise. Okay, Mark, uh, I, I know you'll be watching this uh, with uh, a, a certain degree of eagerness as well. Uh, where do you see the key Absolutely. matchups for, yeah. for you? 
Well, I was thinking about this, but just as, as Andrew was talking, um, I think for me, um, it comes down to New Zealand's bowling attack. If England bat first, we've got it. You know, we've got a even without Jason Roy, there's still some fierce power there. Um, and you know, if, if our bowling attack, which has been pretty damn good in this tournament, very balanced, um, you know, no real, they're not really riding the coattails of one person in particular. They're all chipping in. Um, bowling well, but if they can contain that PSM even lineup, whether it's chasing or whether it's setting a total, I think we're in with a real chance. I think if we're chasing 200 on those wickets, we would struggle. But if we're, ch- you know, if we're chasing say 140, one to 160, or or, or um, we're able to set that sort of the target in that high echelon, I think we're in with a real chance. So um, for me, it comes down to our bowlers, though. Um, You've got to put um, doubt in that batting lineup. If they if, if they start swinging freely, it can get ugly real quickly, as you know, Smithy. So for me, it's the bowlers. But Martin Guptill, you know, just I've just got a feeling that redemption. It's a great storyline, isn't it? Redemption, and wouldn't yeah. it be fantastic to see him playing a key part in a in the Black Cats victory? So I'll be watching Martin Guptill and that Black Cats attack for me. But there are so many key players all over the park. Yeah, absolutely right. It's uh, it's going to be special, it really is. Wouldn't be great if if Martin Guptill ran somebody out in the last play of the day by a matter of inches. Uh, Gortz, here's the thing, uh, Gortz. I'm going to play you a piece of music, and then I want uh, an honesty, an honest assessment of that piece of music, and and if you've ever used it in any capacity at all, John. Beauty. Okay. Tell us yeah. tell us a yeah, wee I bit about the significance. Yeah. <laughs> so the significance of that uh, of that wonderful tune um, is uh, is that it's one of my wife's uh, favourite favourite songs. And for her fortieth birthday, uh, a good friend of mine, Melissa Chan Green and I recreated the music video uh, to that song, frame frame for frame. And um, it's probably one of the... It's a cinematic masterpiece, uh, to, to put it lightly. Um, and it's a surprise it didn't win any awards, actually. But, look, I'm pleased that you're spreading the word to me. There's still time for this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I take it you've seen it and you must have enjoyed it. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Uh, the world wants to see it. The world <laughs> wants to see it. So send the link, please, in, uh, and we shall uh, view it, assess it, um, and give our opinion on it. But I'm, I'm led to believe it is, as you say, an absolute masterpiece, you romantic you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the actual, if my performance is entirely romantic. But, no, it's, it's, it's on YouTube. I, I can, I'm happy to send you the link. Um, yeah, that's, it's a beauty, mate. You'll, I'm sure you'll have a good laugh, at least. Okay, enjoy the cricket tonight, fellas, uh, and the rugby at the weekend. Uh, and, of course, uh, the remainder of Cup Week 2 is uh, as you look on from afar. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Andrew Cordy and to Mark Hinton.